Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And we'll kick off, as we always do, by talking about dogs. And I've got a fun story for you, Amy. I haven't told you this one yet. Oh, exciting. It's, it's vaguely related, because I was walking, and walking is like running. Mm. So that's that counts. And it's our podcast, and we'll talk about what we want. Um, yeah. So out walking with uh, William and some friends... And William trotted off ahead into the bushes, as he often does. And we heard this really high-pitched, nasty squealing, which is really strange. And William came kind of looking out at the uh, bush at us. And we go around the corner, and there's a small terrier, like Jack Russell-type terrier, with a rabbit in its mouth. Oh, my God. And this rabbit was squealing. And so we kind of, you know, ran up and told it, you know, we were like, no, drop it, drop it. And the dog was like, oh, all right, okay. And then just kind of trotted off looking at us, looking a bit pissed off. And we're just like, this rabbit's there traumatized. I don't think it was too bad. It didn't seem to be bleeding. It was just breathing really heavily. Obviously, it was just in shock. So we think it was fine. But we carried on walking. So we thought, well, is this just like a dog that's gone missing? And someone's gone, dog has gone feral. And I looked around. I couldn't see anyone looking for a dog. And we carried on about 100 yards. And we saw the dog again in some bushes in like a little bit of wood. And the dog was like running around quite frantically. And there was a guy just standing in the wood, leaning up against a tree. Not at all fussed about the dog, just leaning there, watching the dog as the dog ran around. And we were like, is this man, is he hunting rabbits? Because well, it looked a lot like he was. Well, I wouldn't use a terrier to do that. Because like, I think terriers are known to like rip up to be small fair, animals. <laughs> this, this terrier was, had done a decent job catching this rabbit. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's what they're bred for, but usually to kill them, like yeah. ratters and stuff, aren't they? But yeah, but that was just really strange. Like in a in a park, in a little bit of wood at the bottom of a park, a guy was hunting rabbits, and because and then my sister said to me, "Oh, you should report that." I thought, "Oh, that probably should." I looked it up, and like a part of the hunting act of two thousand and four, hunting rabbits with a dog is legal. Yeah, I, I did it. My, I couldn't believe it. My brother used to go out and hunt rabbits with a crossbow, not with a dog, <laughs> with with a crossbow. <laughs> He's into all this like living off grid type stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, he used to go out with a crossbow, and it was funny though because he used to go out and and shoot Pretty a funny. couple of rabbits with a crossbow hunting, and then um, he'd send them to the butchers to be prepared. But mm. he'd have people on social media saying that's so cruel, blah blah blah. Who eat meat from like McDonald's and stuff? It's like at least <laughs> that rabbit has like lived a bit of a life in the wild. You know, it's not been intensely yeah. farmed like your bloody cows that you're eating and your beef burgers. Presumably, he wasn't doing that in a local park. Oh, no, no, no. It's like out in the countryside. That was the strange thing about this. We just couldn't believe this guy was just out in a park hunting rabbits. <laughs> so that is our exciting story. God, the poacher of Cardiff. Yeah. That's it, just very I'm strange. sure he goes to the pub. If, you, if you've seen Withnell and I, there's that scene where the guy like opens his coat and he's got like rabbits and pheasants hanging down from his coat in the pub. That's <laughs> like, another niche reference for us there. There we go. <laughs> Withnell and I, great film. Well recommended. Not about running, but still a very good film. I also have some dog news that's kind of vaguely related to running. We had to make a trip to the emergency vets again last oh. night. I think we need some sort of loyalty scheme there where they stamp it, you know, like with coffee and you get like a free emergency treatment or something, you know. Well, you know, I thought of it is the um, Simpsons scene where there's a hot dog seller who turns up for Homer at the funeral and she says, what, did you just follow my husband around? He says, lady, he's putting my kids through college. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah, we're putting that whole vets practice. We're we're paying their mortgage at the moment, so and they're just hanging around when you go for a walk. Like, how, how are they doing? They they yeah. fine? Are they? Are they good? This Need is, any help? 
Listeners will probably know that uh, Finley was at the emergency vets with pancreatitis only a month ago. And literally it's only a month ago because I still haven't had the bloody insurance money back for that. So I know it was only a month ago. But Pippin, yesterday, she um, was out playing with our next door neighbour's kids. So our next door neighbour has a seven-year-old boy and and his friend often comes round. And it's funny because they come round and they stand outside our window and say, can Pippin come out and play? Like a child. (laughs) (laughs) Like Pippin's this little mad child, which she is. Um, so she's just gotten back from a walk and we're like, yeah, of course. So we let her out on there. We got like a communal grass area. We let her out on the grass to have a run around. And she's running around with a stick in her mouth. And then we didn't see it properly because we were just like vaguely watching, making sure she doesn't go in anyone else's gardens. But then suddenly we hear the boys like shouting and they knelt down stroking her. And we went over and all this blood just gushed out of her mouth. And what had happened was she was running around with a stick and it had caught the the ground and basically shot up into her mouth. So we took her to the emergency vets and she had, they had to keep her in overnight and sedate her because um, she had a hole about one and a half centimetres wide and a few centimetres deep just under her tongue near like a major artery. So the amount of blood was terrifying, absolutely terrifying, just gushing out of her mouth. It was awful. And Pippin's a crazy dog and she was so subdued and quiet and just sort of sat there with like all blood around her mouth. It was was like she'd savaged someone. It was awful. But she's absolutely fine now. So she's all been stitched up and she's fine to sort of eat soft food and go on walks and things like that. And she's just very tired. So... But yeah, it, it, this is the thing though, like people have kept telling me like, be careful with dogs and sticks. And I hear all these horror stories of, you know, my dog was running with a stick and it, you know, went to the back of their throat and killed them and all this. But now I know where those stories come from because it happened mm. so quickly and it was so easily done. So she's not allowed any more sticks from now on. <laughs> yeah, William's just started to become a bit of a stick monster and I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, he's going to, we're going to stop that now. Oh, Pippin loves sticks. She absolutely loves them. And obviously you think, oh, it's harmless. It won't happen to me. It did happen. <laughs> so if anyone listens whose dog's obsessed with sticks, please be very, yeah. very careful. Well, it's it's absolutely going to happen to you. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course it would. Yeah. So kind of running related, she was running around when it happened. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the way we try and link these. Um, my, my next note I've got on the script here is just to say that like downloads have dipped a bit recently and like perhaps it's because we don't talk about running anymore. Yeah, because people download it and start listening and it's like 20 <laughs> it's minutes dogs. of dogs. Like, what? I've downloaded the wrong yeah. podcast. Fuck this shit, yeah. yeah. We're out. So for anyone that is still listening, uh, if you do have any friends left, please recommend us or leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, recommending is always the best way because that's usually the way that people pick our podcasts. So we would very much appreciate that. Hopefully we'll have something interesting to talk about soon. Who knows? <laughs> um, Amy, well, actually, we do have some running related stuff coming up. Amy, you've got like multiple notes here, multiple bullet points. I know. Things have happened. Things so, have happened. Tell us about the things that have happened. Firstly, I've got some new gear that I want to talk about. And, oh, and I wish we were big enough to be sponsored. I wish, but we're not. So this is a totally unbiased sort of review, not a problem. It's not review. shoes, is it? We'd have to talk about oh, shoes. Oh, it's not shoes, no. But I've got a new oh, running God. watch. I've got a new running watch. I've, I've branched away from Garmin. Like, Garmin was my safety net. I knew Garmin, I, you know, but the thing is, like, the Garmin that I've got, it served me well for the past two years, but the battery life, the battery's on its way out for a start. I know I can replace them, but the battery life was never great anyway, even when it was brand new. Um, doing my ultra, I think it conked out at about six hours-ish. Hmm. Um, it's a great, it was a great watch other than that, and for like short distances, fair enough. Um, and also it just wasn't charging. I think the charging point from just being charged so often was just 
kaput. So I ended up getting a Coros Apex, which I hadn't heard of Coros before for a, you know, I only heard about them a few months ago. But oh, all the- Did you get it off Wish? No, no, I did not get it off okay, Wish. Okay, good. This yeah, is a legit pur- purchase off Amazon. Um, but they're really good for ultras because the battery life is insane. I think on a certain mode, you can have like over 24 hours of battery life while running. That's quite a lot. Like it's got like an ultra running mode or something. I think I, ha- I got it um, a week ago and I haven't charged it yet. It's just been sort of, I, I char- I'm charging it right now because it went down to like 20%. But I think even on 20%, it would last a few more runs. Hmm. So really pleased with that. And then the other thing that I really want to shout about is my Harrier hydration vest. Now, have you heard of Harrier? I hadn't heard of Harrier no. before. So I've been I, looking... I don't know any gear. No. I don't I... know anything. Well, I've been looking. Like, the only time I know about gear is when I need something, when something breaks or whatever, you know, and I do, like, I end up doing hours of research to get my next, the next thing that I want. Um, but I was looking for a decent hydration vest because I wanted one where I could put, for ultras, like, bottles, like, two bottles in hmm. um, the, the shoulder straps. And have a bladder in the back because I want to run with... I bought myself some Tailwind as well, which is the stuff everyone goes on about for for Mm. running. Um, So I want to have one bottle of Tailwind and one bottle of water, you know, that sort of setup. But the price of hydration vests is insane. Like, all the best reviewed ones start at about £100. And to get one that's like, looks pretty decent, you know, some of them are like 160, 170 quid. Like absolutely ridiculous. So I kept searching and then I just by chance happened to come across this company called Harrier who like specialize in vests. That's pretty much all they do, hydration Mm. vests. Um, And they do some other like survival equipment you can get to go with it. But the main thing is like specifically for trail running, trail running vests. Mm. And the price, it was like, I think mine was like something like 55 or 60 quid. And it's fantastic. It comes like a little whistle and stuff. It does all the stuff that you'd get from like, 170 pound vest but it's it was like like i said about 60 quid um and it's a british company as well it's a fairly small british company so Mm. i just so if any listeners are looking for a new hydration vest and like me you're like jesus christ why is everything so expensive yeah have a look at harrier they don't seem to be stocked many places you know like the usual places like sports shoes and wiggle and stuff so i just went through their website and they even threw in a free gift. I think that it was like a waterproof phone carrier thing. But yeah, really oh, good. Lovely. So yeah, I really recommend Harrier. I ran in it the other day and I looked on their Instagram page and they've only got like 5,000 followers. So I think they're still, I don't know whether they're new or just a small company. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend them. Fantastic. Again, not sponsored. I'd love to be sponsored by either Coros or Harrier. This is totally unbiased. But I just thought... I'd well, only 5,000 followers. They're not a huge deal. Perhaps we could ask. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have a chat to them. <laughs> so, we, don't, yeah. we don't want to go after anyone too good, obviously. No, oh, no, we've got to like stay in our lane. <laughs> but they, yeah. they will be good. They will be massive because they're. I just, I couldn't believe that there was this option for such like an affordable training vest. I sound like an advert mm. now, but I, I couldn't believe there was an option for such an affordable training vest that I'd never heard of when everything else is so like literally double the price. Um, so yeah, really pleased with that. Well, well, now it's gone out to a dwindling number of listeners, then yeah. you know, that, perhaps that'll help them in a tiny, tiny way. Yeah, the, the uh, sales are going to shoot up. Um, Back to the first thing about the watch. Yeah. Literally all I care about in a watch is does it record GPS and time? That's oh. that's all I care about in a watch. The only reason I bought a watch, I used my phone for like six years and I, that was fine. The only reason I bought a watch is because the heart rate monitor stopped being supported by Strava. Mm. But now that's back. 
it doesn't matter, even though my heart rate monitor just broke, but I need a new one of those, which are really expensive. Heart rate monitors are like 60, 70 quid. Mm. I don't understand. I, to me, that's a really simple piece of kit. Yeah. They're like 70 quid for the polar one that I need for my watch. Yeah. So I need to get one of those now. But watches, again, people spend like 400 quid on watches and oh I do God. not understand why. Yeah. like, I, Does it track your GPS? Yes, that's fine. That's the thing, though. Like, before, that was the main thing I cared about was the GPS. I kind of like steps. I kind of like knowing how much I'm, I'm walking and stuff in the day, especially when I'm going to work and commuting. It's, it's 10,000 steps right? is nonsense. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's such an arbitrary thing. But I do like to know how far. I just like data like that. It's less about okay. steps because I know that whatever your steps are, you halve it for your mileage. So if you've done 10,000 steps, it's like five miles. Um, well, for you, it's probably three or four miles. <laughs> probably, yeah. But that's that was all I used to care about was just tracking tracking GPS. But since ultra training and because I am a I'm a slow runner, so I need a watch with like way more battery. That's the thing. So and a lot of the ones with more battery are a bit more expensive. But Coros seems to be the most like affordable and best one in terms of battery. So I was really and you can get you get solar one now so that that charges your running by the sun. Not that it'd be useful in Wales, but no, that's. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I took my new watch, I took my new hydration vest out on a run yesterday, had some fun exploring some trails yesterday, um, kind of similar to the trail run you did a few weeks ago, so it was around a case of woods, uh, which is near Cardiff, and just, it's like one of those nice places where you can find new trails, so I've been yeah, going there for definitely. a few years now, but I thought, oh, I'm just going to take a slightly different direction, and then I found all these new trails, and it was fantastic. The, the elevation, though... I think I did eight and a half miles and it was a thousand foot of elevation and I really felt it. It was awful. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, I'm, I'm glad now as well because there's hardly any mud anywhere. It's quite nice and dry. So. And so all of this is the new watch, uh, the new bag, the training, the elevation, all gearing up for your ultra in two weeks, yeah? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, well... So I'm not going to be doing announcement for everyone that was hoping to see me and get autographs and pictures at the uh, Battle of the Brampton Valley Way in Market Harbour in Northamptonshire. Um, I'm not going to be there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Lisa Gibbon's going to be gutted. Oh, I know. Is Lisa Gibbon the one with the snotty, snotty hankies? Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, it's okay, Lisa. You don't need to bring an extra hanky for me. I shall not be there. Um, yeah, so the race is still going ahead, which is fantastic. I think with a lot of races, they've just been, it's been really last minute, hasn't it? Sort of getting the green yeah. light. I know the Vogum as well. I had an email through, uh, the Vogum Ultra with Pegasus that I'm meant to be running in June. They're still waiting for the green light to go ahead. Some mm. final stuff. So it must be really hard for race organizers at the moment. They are going ahead. The thing is, two things. Firstly, I don't know. I don't think... I'll be able to go because at the moment we still can't travel outside of Wales. Now that could be changing soon. Yeah, we can. You will be able to by then, yeah. but I don't think you'll be able to stay with anyone. Exactly. The plan was I was going to go and stay with family in Leicestershire and it just, I don't think that was going to be able to happen. So I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. So I thought, you know what? And I, you know what? I will say the organisers, so it's, I think it's Run Harbour, Run Market Harbour who organise it, I think. Um, I emailed them and just basically said, you know what, I can't, I don't think I'll be able to travel down because I was planning to stay with family. Um, can I possibly defer the entry? I said, if not, no worries. I'm going to enter next year anyway, because it seems fantastic. And they were like, yeah, no issue. We'll defer your entry. So thanks to them. Yeah. They said, because you can't travel, we're happy to defer your entry. 
But the other reason, so it's not just about travel. I'm kind of relieved because if we could, if I could travel and stay with people, I probably would have had to go and have a go and get injured or something. But I've not been able to run. Well, I have been running, but I missed two long training runs. So I've missed my um, 18 miler and my 20 miler that I was supposed to do in preparation. And because I've not been feeling well, and I've been feeling really tired lately. So I like ridiculously tired and like really under the weather. So I went to the doctors for a blood test and I'm 30 and I've never had a blood test in my life, which I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. So I went to the doctors for a blood test and um, I was expecting it might be my B12, even though I take like a shit ton of supplements. So I had my results yesterday and they were like, your B12 is absolutely perfect. It's really good. The issue is your iron. They said, oh, no. so iron is on a, on like a... Uh, like a scale of 15 to 200. So 15 is the very lowest of the low. I'm nine. My iron level is nine. <laughs> Just nine. Vegan. Not nine zero. Vegan. Nine. <laughs> so, uh, <Sorry>. so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so my iron levels are terrible, which explains a lot. And I did some Googling. I've actually, you know what? I've been like anemic since way before I was vegan. I've been anemic since I was like a teenager. Um, way before it's cool. Yeah, well, I was a new way before it was called. But uh, it seemed to disappear for a bit and it sort of come back now, obviously. Um, but I did some Googling and I have like all the symptoms on the NHS website. So the first one's obviously tiredness. Yeah. The second one is difficulty breathing. And actually my last few runs, I've, have, I've been having to stop and walk. And even runs around the bay, I have to keep stop and walking because I feel like I can't breathe. I'm like, what is going on here? Um Things like heart palpitations, which isn't good. Uh, ringing in my ears, which isn't great either. So, yeah, I'm like crazy iron deficient. The receptionist, nice. well you, know, you know when you're in the doctors and it's like always the receptionist that reads you your blood. She's like, yeah, your iron's not good. It's not good. <laughs> She's like, oh dear. And she laughed. <laughs> it's like, it's not funny. This is a medical issue. <laughs> so, yeah, iron is bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, apparently so. But I am looking. I am looking forward to the idea that you know I'm probably going to be prescribed really strong iron supplements for about six months. I am looking forward to the idea that suddenly I'll be this amazing athlete. You know, all these years of being shit at running and not perhaps being able this to, was it all along. This is it. This is it. I'm going to be like, I'm going to win the fucking Vogum. You know what I mean? When yeah, someone this my is your year definitely. performance enhancing drugs. You know, my iron. <laughs> Amy Iron Genders. I know, I know. Attacking the South Coast. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's been a roller coaster of a couple of weeks, as you can see. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on. It, it all happens at once, you see. Yeah. Anyway, how's your two weeks been? <laughs> um, what lovely Easter weekend. Lots of mm. running and walking and things. Um, I do have to admit a bit of a disclosure here. Um, we did a walk uh, on Good Friday. Uh, for it was a five-hour walk it was up a big mountain it was a shitload of elevation like nearly a thousand meters i tracked it as a run on strava purely for statistical slash vanity purposes because i think if i'm doing a five-hour thing i'm not going to want to do anything the day after or the day before it's loads of elevation it's quite far i don't want that to be then like to affect my mileage because then i've got a big like lump out of my mileage for that week and it makes it look Mm. bad so i tracked it as a run because it kind of walked. Um, okay, it wasn't. I mean, if I'd have run it, I would have walked most of it because it was yeah. really steep and hard ground. I get that. So I could yeah. look at it that way. But basically, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it because it's my Strava and I'll do what I want. Yeah, I get that. I get that. If so I, I am bullshit. Yeah. I know. Um, but 
it, that, that's what I've done. So there. no, you would be walking. You'd be pretty much like if I did a run like that, I'd be hiking most of it if it was that sort of yeah. elevation. You know, I get yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, it was lovely. It was really nice. It was in the Brecon Beacons, Clinny uh, Van Vach and Clinny Van Vauer, a couple of lakes, and it's kind of it's, it's kind of a wonderful lake in the uh, Beacons of uh, a lake. We kind of sat at the bottom, had our lunch, and it's just got cliffs over the top of it, like two hundred meters kind of in a horseshoe around the lake it's absolutely beautiful there mm. it was lovely it was horrendous weather at the beginning and it kind of sun came out and it was lovely after that but we had william pulling on his lead all the way because we weren't sure if there were sheep and horses around so we mostly kept him on the lead and being pulled down a hill by a dog is horrendous oh it's I'm such not sure. a I wanted to mention. yeah i wanted to mention this before actually a few weeks back um we did another run and we were just going down a fairly steep country lane um, but he was on a harness and pulling because when he's on the harness, a you know, proper like canacross, he pulls quite hard. Mm. And walking down a hill and being pulled is so hard. It's so hard on your knees and your quads to pull backwards but walk forward as well. Mm. And so we were on like really rocky ground um, in the beacons and it was just so hard. It made the last few miles actually a bit miserable because mm. it was so uneven. But we're being pulled the whole time, so it's kind of annoying. But it was it was lovely overall. I get that with Pippin when it's been muddy, and I have to put her back on the lead when I'm coming off the trail, and she's pulling me through the mud yeah. to the point where I'm like, I'm going to be straight on my ass in a minute. And I'm yeah, always you like, think quick. Oh, and I'm like Pippin, Pippin, Pippin the whole way, like shouting at her, like stop pulling. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not um, fun. Other end of that scale, I also did a five k, a uh, fast five k for our club. Uh, we had an Easter relay, which was quite fun. Um, but I did my fastest 5k in two years, which I was really nice. surprised by. I still think it was a shit time for me. I still, in my head, it's still a shit time. It was 22:43, which I know you know is going to be a lot slower, a lot faster than a lot of other people. But for me, that's about two minutes off my PB. So in my head, that's not a good time for my fastest. But mm. it's the, my fastest in two years, which I was really that's surprised good. by. Mm. It's the best I could have done. So in that respect, I am happy with it because I couldn't have run it quicker. It's not as if I fucked it up or anything. That's just how I felt I am at the moment. And that's fine. I just have mm. to go on with that. And the thing is, um, you've been but, focusing more on distance, haven't you, with the ultra and stuff that you did, I guess? Yeah, a little bit. I've just been a bit lazy and just haven't tried for a long <laughs> while because I've always got bits of me that hurt all the time. So I just don't really try because it's really hard. And trying on your own is really boring and hard. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I get that. So hopefully I can do a bit quicker if we get back to parkrun at some point. Uh, at the end of this year i um, also went for a really nice long run this morning and that actually was a run uh, in the gower in south wales uh, along a lovely beach three cliffs bay to oxwich and back all the way through the dunes and the back along the beach and uh, my big takeaway from this is sand is bullshit oh. so i'm going to compete with you about iron sand is much more bullshit definitely i remember doing a five mile run through some sand dunes and it felt like 15 miles it's because it's you're working against it the whole time because it's constantly yeah. shifting under your feet it's awful yeah running down sand dunes is fucking brilliant love that uh just even on the flat on wet sand dry sand upper dune there was some really long steep dunes we did there and it's just it was such hard work but occasionally i could get william to pull me up the dunes so that is useful going uphill great downhill bad mm-hmm so, you know, there's my, there's my big takeaway. Sand is bullshit. Definitely. Okay, let's head back to the last episode. We can catch up a little bit. Um, 
at JMC82 came to us and said, since it's the second episode in a row having a go at 0% beers, I'd like to highlight that paying a couple of quid for a watery Coke or orange juice in the pub is bullshit. For those of us who drank our lifetime allowance of alcohol in our 20s and aren't allowed anymore, a faux pint is cheaper, nicer, wards off idiots who might give you grief about why you're not drinking, and the psychosomatic effect of downing a pint of something that tastes beery after a run is not to be sniffed at. Marketing it as a scienced up health drink is definitely bullshit though and to be fair i do agree with you i mean i don't drink i think she neither of us drink beer so really i don't think we particularly care about 0 percent beer what you're drinking no. and also what happened to ordering isn't lime and soda like the traditional i'm not drinking but absolutely yeah drink what you want the people that give other people grief about what they're drinking is really strange yeah i you know what you know what dry drives me this is the amy genders gender agenda again but not related to running really unless you're having a post-run drink it's people who go on at men for drinking quote-unquote girly drinks like cocktails yeah. and stuff like, like mixers and stuff like that like what the hell cocktails are amazing cocktails are really yeah. tasty like i don't get it it's like oh cocktail like a woman like a girly drink like, what? Uh, i have been on a date and the uh the waiter came to the table put the beer in front of me pina colada in front of her and we we're like thank you very much swap those over thank you very much yeah pina coladas are delicious i'd much rather Banging. have a cocktail than any form of like beer to be yep. honest i don't see why it's like seen as a girly drink anyway that's a that's another podcast Absolutely. isn't it <laughs> and speaking of not judging what other people are drinking uh jay continued about bullshit and saying also that fake gin that shall not be named seed lip <laughs> yeah and then finished and said it was a fun episode for a sunny morning run today compression sleeve story is not what i expected love to the dogs yeah a few people came to us about the compression sleeves yeah that story was fantastic listen to the last episode to get that touched a nerve yeah absolutely um cabinea said i winced at the compression sleeves injury and just so you know two weeks on my feet still have heat blisters but now i suffer quietly and without moaning or mentioning it at all yeah <laughs> very stoic right. of you yeah you have mentioned it again when you didn't need to yeah Michael Dark also tweeted about the compression sleeve injury, thinking we were going to get into the most entirely anecdotal evidence that supports them and then getting the excitedly gouty twist. <laughs> yeah, I think probably a lot of people thought when they saw compression sleeves on the title, they thought we were going to be doing, oh, compression sleeves, they don't work, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care if, if they work or not. I don't think they do. But, you know, people like them. But yeah, what, what a twist to that story. I sometimes run in my compression socks. Like, I used to run in my compression socks a lot, particularly for trail running, because you know what they're good for. Like, if you're going through, like, brambly things and stuff, mm. they're good at, like, stopping your legs getting scratched up. But I've found sometimes, like, I've got a knee injury that's pretty much disappeared, but my knee will start to twinge if I'm wearing my compression socks on a run. Mm. Like, it's not good for my knees. So I think there's something, like, counterproductive about them for me. Yeah, the That's... only times I've worn like long socks, compression socks, is just for practical purposes. Usually, if it's cold, mm. and I just I don't want to wear leggings, so I just wear long socks. I yeah. remember being mocked about that years ago before. Like, why are you wearing long socks? I'm like, well, because it's cold. Mm. They're like, oh, it's like, well, I'm cold. I don't want to be cold. Yeah, yeah. My... <laughs> I don't see what's what's wrong with not wanting to be cold. My partner always says I look like a football player when I go out in them, <laughs> like a lost referee when I'm wearing like my bright, bright yellow top and my compression socks, and I'm with my well, whistle and my cards yeah, as well. Running around with the whistle, yeah. <laughs> gonna do it and the bad haircut yeah, yeah you, <laughs> <a referee. laughs> 
Um, there's something else I noticed this week. Um, you know, we've mentioned a few times those runners that just run on the road for no reason. Like there's a perfectly good path, but because they like there's a drop curb every now and then, they think I'm going to run on the road. Mm. Have you noticed they're always men? That's true. I have never seen a woman randomly running on the road when they could run on a path. That's true. I see it fairly frequently on the when I do because there's a fairly quiet road with a perfectly good pavement. May I add? Yeah. You know, next to it. Yeah. That's true. I don't think I've ever seen a woman running on the road like that. Yeah, I, there's the other day I was stopped at traffic lights and a guy came running up from behind uh, and he went straight across a junction. Now, this junction is like four or five lanes in each direction. He ran straight across the junction instead of taking the path and the uh, the crossing. Jesus. He, he looked when he was about halfway across. <laughs> but I'm like, what the fuck is... Just, just use the path. Go over the crossing. He's a, he's, You're not that important. You're not on that elite. big a run. Yeah, he's elite. He's got to run on the pavement. You're not in a fucking race. He's thinking about the camber of the pavement or something, I guess. I don't oh, know. Fucking hell. <laughs> Just an observation, that's all. Mm. We've also had an email from Matt. Love having some emails, you know, a bit, bit longer form. I like that. So Matt says, hi guys, found your podcast during lockdown two or whatever we are on now. Your general chit chat and random ramblings really keep me entertained. It's a polite way. Of... random. We script all of this. <laughs> so thank it's you. a polite way of saying we don't really talk about running. It's just some random Chit-chat. rubbish. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very in-depth analysis. Thank you, Matt, of the nice. current state of our sport. I'll have you know. Thank you, Matt. The last pod I listened to, you were talking about extendable leads. Well, I am currently training for a marathon and 10 kilometers into a 30 kilometer training run. A dog came from nowhere and took me down hard. The the owner running with a lead in his hand was far from apologetic. Cue me effing and jeffing and saying how much bullshit it was while in a heap on the floor. The dog was fine, by the way. My watch, not so much. The kicker of the story was when I stood up, there was a sign five metres away that said, keep dogs on leads. Madness. Although I'm a dog lover, I run time to time with someone who is terrified of them. And if we come across a dog off the lead, she stands as still as a statue. The best one is when the owner shouts, they are friendly, don't worry. They soon put the lead on when you shout back. That's good, but I'm not. Thanks for the podcast (laughs) and keep up the good work. Many thanks, Matt. But yeah, extendable leads are bullshit. Particularly, I... (laughs) I think people just sometimes aren't just in control of their dog when they're on an extendable lead at all. They just use it as a way to let their dog do whatever they want miles away. A lot of people aren't in control of their dogs at all oh at any God, time. No, I mean, I've said before, we, we often walk Finley on an extendable lead, but that's because he literally just plods along. You know, it's not like he's, te- you know, 10 metres away from us somewhere off random. It's just so he's got a bit of give so he can just plod along as he pleases. But, yeah, it's, yeah, something as well I thought about this week is that um, I know a lot of people aren't keen on dogs and they can be a little bit scared. But I think it would be good for more runners and walkers to ask people to put the dogs on yeah. the lead. Because it, occasionally it does happen to us. And I'm perfectly happy to. I'll call William back straight away if they're looking at all kind of worried. But very rarely does anyone ask me to do it. Mm. And I'm perfectly happy to do it. And I think even if... I mean, if they don't, you're in a no worse position. Mm. All right, they might kick off you, but if you're running, you can just run away. That's fine. But I just think it's one of those things, perhaps runners from the other side, it would be handy if people let me know that they're not happy about the dog being off. Definitely. And I think it depends where you're walking and running as well. So when we take our dogs off the lead, we take them places where 
there are lots of dogs off the lead. It's kind of socially acceptable. So like a, a playing field or um, there's a park near us, like a little like trail where we walk. And there aren't really many mm. runners there because our dog, Pippin, I've mentioned before, has this thing. She doesn't do it as much anymore, but she's quite reactive around runners where she wants to go up and mm. say hello. She's getting a lot better, but we tend to avoid those situations. And bikes, she likes to chase bikes. So I think it's also about context. So if you are scared of dogs... It's probably not a good idea to go to those places as well. I'm not saying your friend's doing that, you know, because I know there's often yeah. dogs everywhere. But then, there's, so there's the onus on people who are have a phobia of dogs to try and avoid those situations. But also on the owners, you know, if you're in a place where everyone else's dog is on the lead, put your dog on the lead because there's probably a reason for that, mm. you know. So I yeah. think in the UK, there tends not to, there doesn't tend to be as many. I know you said there was a sign saying no dogs off leads but there doesn't tend to be as many hard rules about dogs on and off leads i think it is more just reading yeah. the context and the the setting and finally for this section ian thompson the one with the dodgy email address has become the local legend of a segment called loving bojo and brexit and is not best pleased oh what is that is that a thing on can't you report shit like that on strava like i would report uh, that as a hate crime yeah, yeah <laughs> like why do we have to bring that into strava really there's no need there's no need jesus i hopefully it was just keep it as like smutty jokes and yeah place names yeah. don't bring all that in or like moaning about you know or moaning about dogs because some people i do i do yeah. notice that there's strava segments like fucking dogs off the lead or something like that you know <laughs> not as fruitful. a good way to have a conversation with someone yeah yeah <laughs> saying off segments jesus. oh that's another thing about segments i thought as well i had a lot to think about running this week have you seen on some segments, I'm not sure if you how fussed you are about like going for segments sometimes, no. but sometimes because it's the first person who runs that route and creates the segment and I get really annoyed if they've created it badly. Mm. Like there's one really good one by me. It's a long downhill through the woods, but they've started it like 50 yards up around a corner. Yeah. I'm like, start it at the top of the hill where you go straight down, not around the corner. Yeah. And then it finishes around a corner as well, which is a bit of a blind turn, so you have to slow down. Yeah. Create, crop your segments properly, yeah. please. I've been so tempted to contact people and say, could, could you just crop your segment, please? Because it's actually not very good at the moment. Yeah, there's some around um, Cardiff Bay, which is obviously a very popular place to run. And there's some straights where they've just cropped it too short as well. And you think, actually, you could probably get a bit more out of that. I don't know why you've yeah. like cropped it so short. but And it's never like a round number. It's always some odd number. So... Yeah, I get that. Crop your segments properly, please. Uh, as well as that, please keep sending us your running bullshit. And if you really want to help us out, just tell us what the fuck we should be talking about until we can do a few bloody races. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Running Is BS, or you can email us and tell us a nice story at runningisbull at gmail.com. If you want to support us even more, like not just email us, like actually get involved and pay our rent, uh it's not paying our rent don't worry <laughs> please head really to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit to give us two pound a month that eventually we'll spend on races or waste at online chinese retailers you know um and it will give us something to talk about <laughs> please support this podcast <laughs> and in return we will sing for you for some reason yeah Jones, Matt Newbury, Lair Martin, Liz Reese, Andrew Foster Swales, Elliot Lyne, Ian Hales, Matt Reese, Gordy Bell, Wells Island Ross, Maria Wicks, 
Sophie Jacks, Ruth Papey, Kurt Jeffers, David Irwin, Victoria Dick, Julia Page, Charlie Neverson, Jules Atkinson, Matt H, Jonathan Carter, Carl Fleming, Rich Skine, Sam Lee, Chris Whitmore, Stuart Stevens, Gabby Nyer, Andy Howe, Rachel Bentley, Clark Gilmore, Penny Simpson, J. Paul Hibbert Bat, Captain Brian Simpson, Rob Smith, Karen Hamilton, Ivor Stewart, Lisa Gibbon, Adam Atkinson, Marmoney Hines, Tim Hughes, Matt Garner, Mickey Genders, Hugh Phillips, Penny Simpson, We asked on social media, um, with races and park runs and running clubs on their way back in the UK, what are you least looking forward to when races return? Because that's the kind of angle we like to take on this. Um, For me, the thing I'm least looking forward to is trying. Same. As I said before, (laughs) like for the idea of a race where I actually have to run fast sounds awful. Because it's one thing, you know, plodding around on your own, occasionally doing a fast um time trial or something on your own is one thing but trying in a race because i'm not one who goes to a race for a jolly just for like a bit of a hobby jog round. generally if i'm in a race unless it's an ultra i will try my hardest even if it's a shit distance like 4.6 miles and over loads of hills i will try and run my hardest because i otherwise i kind of don't really see the point but the idea of doing that now just seems awful i think my peak was something like 2016 i did about 20 races that year wow and that just sounds awful to me now oh yeah yeah i think for me it's more about the training so i'm actually looking forward to races coming back because i don't actually run fast races i don't like running fast at all so i tend to go for distance um so Mm. i'm actually looking forward to it but i think for me the training at the moment not having to go into work and doing everything online i can sort of train when i want is it raining in the morning? Okay, I'll run in the afternoon. I don't want to get out of bed too early, you know, because my work's quite flexible anyway. But being able to train when I want and not have to fit it around having to be in work has been amazing and something that I've really, really mm. enjoyed. So I think it will suck when I actually have to go and be places. And I won't have an excuse either, not just work, but, you know, like social things. I'm like, oh, I've got to go and meet someone for a coffee. I can't just go out for a run when I want. I think I've got very comfortable with not having my day filled with things so I can plan stuff myself. So yeah, I think that aspect, I would say it being busier on the trails, but to be honest, I think it'll be quieter on the trails once lockdown's over and people can actually leave the bloody country because that's been a nightmare. Um, But yeah, definitely not having the freedom to train whenever I want to. Yeah, Uh, we asked on social media and it seems most of you, as it turns out, are dreading race day toilets. That is the that is the big standout from all of this. And um, that was from Keith, Francis, Simon, Bruce, and David, who all said the idea of epic queues and disgusting toilets is putting them off the idea of races. Though Francis Howell did specify it was the stress of the queue more than the toilet situation itself. I- yeah, I think I've told the story before about when somebody opened the door at Cardiff Half and revealed me on the toilet to a whole queue of people. <laughs> that was fun. 
Um, they did it to the person. I, I've told it before, but they did it to the person next to me. So I heard the scream of the person next to me before they then came on, came along to my toilet. Um, but yeah, I get that. You've got to be there. The thing is, you've got to be there early for the race day toilets to to have them clean. But then you have a nervous wee before you start or a nervous poo, and then they're disgusting. So I think that's that's where COVID. 20 will come from what isn't it race day toilets that'll be the epicenter like london marathon race day yeah. toilets covid 20 2030 coming soon uh, just just dehydrate yourselves yeah. it's easy it's the best thing to do 24 hours for the race don't drink a thing no no, no. Or, or like drink loads <laughs> which is the other side of things <laughs> don't do that that's incredibly dangerous or go full triathlon and just wee while you're in the pen just piss yourself yeah 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 in the pen waiting for the start triathletes do it it's fine it's fine we're all friends pete tomlin and max carnage mentioned getting up early to get to a race or park run see mm. i'm not fussed about that no. like my normal alarm now like during the week 7 a.m the weekend 6 a.m yeah. this morning quarter to six yeah. because weekends is for going out and doing stuff and we tend to get out really early to avoid the crowds mm. And like 6am Saturday start now is just normal for me. So that doesn't bother me. I will say, yeah, I did say just a moment ago about training when I want, but I definitely prefer training in the mornings and I'm an early riser anyway. So if I do mm. go out for a lunchtime run, I probably have been up since like 5, 6am. I've just been procrastinating. So yeah, it doesn't bother me either. But I get it. Some people are just lazy, aren't they? <laughs> Some people are, yeah, to be fair. Um, at Deb Wu artist said gross sickly healthy slash energy bars in race finisher packs are inedible I take them home for my chickens <laughs> just give me a Mars bar or an ice cream okay well if they're inedible I don't think you should be giving them to chickens do chickens eat energy bars I mean they're gonna be going nuts I, I nearly said don't chickens eat anything don't they like eat can't they eat like a whole human but then I was I'm thinking of pigs it's not chicken You're thinking of pigs, I'm thinking yeah. of pigs I, you know what? I reckon a chicken would give it a good go. They yeah. do not give a shit. Oh, they're nuts, aren't they, chickens? Well, I bet yeah. Deb's chickens are off the reds. I bet they're going absolutely okay, no, no, mental. I bet they can fly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those ones can, yeah. <laughs> they are walking. They are running up the walls. Yeah. Um, I think there are possibly practical reasons why Mars bars and ice creams aren't in race finisher bags, to be fair. Hmm. I think a dry snack is probably a better idea in terms of uh, organisation. You know what's worse, though? Just a bag full of leaflets. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. I hate that. Don't give me a plastic bag full of leaflets. I don't want it. Well, like a garage down the road that you've never yeah. heard of. And... I remember when I did Leicester Half and I thought they'd given me a free uh, running magazine. There was like a big magazine and I was like, ooh, mm. how lovely. And they pulled it out and it was a Costco magazine because oh, we wow. ran past a Costco and it was like partly sponsoring the, the race. So it was like a Costco brochure thing. And I was like, what? <laughs> Amazing. Disappointing. Though I have got a question, uh, at Deb Wu Artist, is that Deb Wu the artist or is it Deb the Wu Artist? What's a Wu Artist? Well, I assume it's like, if she is out like picking up people, she work, she out wooing people. And uh... she, she's just got, she's got a plan to do it. She's got a whole scheme and a technique mm, of wooing. Like, like a pickup artist, like those like yeah. creepy men, but it's like, but she's a woo Deb artist. spin on she, it. <laughs> she's out wooing. At Monty the Mole says the cost of races like half marathons. So half marathon, that'll be £50. Full marathon, how about £80? I agree. Yeah, how about nah? Yeah. <laughs> Just as easy as that. You know what I've started noticing though, which is really good? A lot of races have started selling like race t-shirts and stuff separately. So you get a cheaper race and then you can choose. So the Brampton Valley Way. Um you paid like a, there was a basic rate and then you could pay i think it was only seven pounds or something like that to have a t-shirt as well 
And I think that's a great yeah. idea because not everyone wants a t-shirt. So I think that's a good way yeah. around it. But some of the big city races, it, the price of them is absolutely insane, especially for stuff like half marathons. You think you're only running 13 bloody miles, you know? Yeah, easy. Um, Simon Malachiski, I should have given you that name. Uh, he says, what is really bullshit is trying to charge over 35 quid for a 10K run when all you get is a shitty medal and a T-shirt. Absolutely scandalous bullshit. Harry's uh, and can I just add as well, not naming any names, I think I've named them before, but not naming any names, but these city 10k races where they have way too many runners running them. So not only have I paid like, yeah, literally like 30 or 35 quid to run a 10k, but it's so oversubscribed that I'm literally, my elbows are touching people. That's not an over-exaggeration. Mm-hmm. I'm getting elbowed. Like, what the hell? If I'm going to pay that much money for a 10k... I better have space to breathe and like stretch my arm. You know, like in PE, when you like find a space and everyone swings yeah. their arms around. I need to be able to do that. <laughs> At mile one, I need to be able to do that if I'm paying 35 quid. Do you know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah. Just don't do those races. If they're too expensive, just don't and do they're them. And if they're expensive, you know they're going to be oversubscribed as well. Don't yeah. leave it out. Um, at somewhat al dente said stretching wankers on and around start lines Ugh. <laughs> yeah come on if you're around the start line you've done your stretches now come on you can't catch up God, yeah definitely there's no, there's no need for those people that are like doing their warm-ups but making a big deal out of doing their warm-ups like everyone's yeah. watching them you know you gotta let everyone know <laughs> i'm doing my warm-up i am elite at Missy Wissy says, seeing all my fit club mates who have kept running through lockdowns disappear off into the distance while I huff and puff at the back, hauling along with my extra timber. I know. I think we spoke about this last podcast. Like some people have flourished during lockdown. Some people have not. <laughs> I would say, to be honest, if you've got a load of timber, just leave it at home. Or just yeah. leave it in the car. <laughs> well, I, don't, I know why you're going to run club with a you know a whole like... It's tough mudder. It's tough mudder run club. <laughs> You've got to carry a log there and back. <laughs> She's dragging a log around with her and people will be like, yeah, Missy Wissy, it'd be much easier if you just didn't carry the log. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's, my, that's up to her, I guess. I don't, I'm not going to tell people how to run. Uh, at Lynn N. Simpson says, my daughter being too big to go on a running buggy anymore, but not yet a runner herself. Park runs and the occasional road race will never be the same. Oh, that's annoying. Mm, I mean, you just leave her at home. Put some of those, put some wheels on her or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I like, like, strap her to a skateboard. Could you just tie her to a post or something just while you run? <laughs> like a come back. like a dog, like outside the shops, just like tie yeah, just do that. To a That's post. fine, isn't yeah, it? You'll be all right. Be fine. I cannot believe people still do that, by the way, with their dogs when there's so many dogs being stolen. Oh, it's insane. I still see I it. I saw one the other day, like a pedigree dog that would have cost like a good few grand at the moment. Yeah. It's a puppy just tied up outside the shops. I'm like, what? Yeah. Do they not want this dog anymore? Tie up, tie up your kid. It's much safer. Oh, God, definitely. Uh, we've had some other tweets about other silly things as well. Uh, Victoria Dick at Mrs. Bridgewater says, spent the whole day trying to work out who it was that greeted me so enthusiastically while I was running this morning. I've come to the conclusion they didn't know me and were just messing with my head. I hate that. To be fair, it is fun to do that sometimes. <laughs> oh, you know, when like, especially when it's somebody in a car that beeps at you and then waves and you just wave back and you think, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, that is funny. I don't mind that. I had somebody from our club, actually, who I can't remember their name now. But was, I don't know if they listened to the podcast. He was talking to me the other day. They, they've seen me a few times when I'm walking around and they've spoken to me. and be like, oh, Amy. And we've had this whole conversation. And every time I've come away thinking, I, have, I can't remember who you are. <laughs> and I felt so bad. And then it's like, it's to the stage where I've, I've seen them a few times now. And it's to the stage where I can't say 
who are you? <laughs> like, there's no because they know, obviously know me because they're like, well, Amy, you just told them. you're right, mate. They're like chatting and saying like asking me how work's going and stuff. I'm like, do you know where I work? Who are you? <laughs> Awkward. I know. I hate that. <laughs> Awkward. We've got uh, Deb, the woo artist again, says doing Kaiman Dash for the second time. I've ordered the same size finishes t-shirt as first time, but had put on some weight as had been injured for months. Disappointed face. Tried on t-shirt a finish and it was only about half a size too small. Few. Should be wearable in only a few weeks. So I put the t-shirt in a bag and mingled. There was a woman going around approaching other women, asking them if they wanted to swap t-shirts as hers was too big. When she asked me, I made polite conversation and explained mine was a little small, but I wanted to keep the same size as last year and that I'd shrink into it in a few weeks as I was now uninjured. She looked me dead in the eyes and said very slowly and sternly, you will never do it. Give me your t-shirt. WTF. <laughs> what the <laughs> Sorry, Deb. That must have been like really like rude, but that's it. That's mad, isn't it? That's. <laughs> oh, she says. Even a stranger nearby was pulling a WTF face at me behind her back. Perhaps it was her endorphins making her balmy after the race, but she genuinely seemed unhinged. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Having only put on a few pounds after losing six stone in a year through running, well done. Her certainty that I'd never fit in my top was strangely hurtful and unkind to a fellow runner. Deb, I won't worry about it. She's mad. Don't listen to don't listen to her opinion. She's yeah, she's clearly a massive bellend. I mean, that is a horrible thing for someone to say to you, but it is at the same time it is, to be fair, very funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because that's such a bizarre thing to do to look you in the eye like that will never happen. <laughs> Give me your shirt. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just, I won't worry about it, Deb. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's very hurtful and kind at the time, but she's a nutter. I won't listen to what she's saying. You should have just said back to our door. Perhaps you can grow into yours. Yeah. <laughs> Nutcase. <laughs> about time. The bullshit running news. The bullshit running news. You'll never fit into that shirt. Give it to me, news. <laughs> So, first off, in excitingly bureaucratic news, I mean, bureaucratic news is always exciting. Triathlete Beth Potter ran a world record 5k time, but will not get it ratified as a world record. She ran a stonking 14 minutes 41 seconds at the podium 5k in Lancashire, England, bettering the world record by two seconds and taking 10 seconds off Paula Ratcliffe's British record. This was also 33 seconds better than her previous PB set in August last year. However, there are various criteria that need to be fulfilled for an official world record and this relatively small event never expected a time like this and didn't have a drugs testing or a level four qualified timekeeper. Ah, that sucks. So it must have been a surprise. Yeah, it must have been a surprise for Beth or else why would you push so hard at such an event? 33 seconds. She only said it last year. Who would have expected that? I mean, it's a a good race. It's relatively Mm. small in terms of the field. But they had... um, uh, some really big names there, obviously, including her. She's, she's making a big name for herself. Mm. Um, but to run a world record that yeah. just no one saw coming is incredible. But to not get it yeah. counted as a world record. So I'm assuming the distance was all fine. Like the way the distance had been measured is all yeah. fine. It's just the timekeeper yeah, and the There's testing. loads of things around like measuring the distance and re-measuring it and the elevation fall. And apparently they are very good at that kind of thing anyway. It's a good professional company. But yeah, you need... a particular level of official who's gone through all the like official testing and yeah you need drug testing as well i get that i get 
why that would be the case. It just seems a shame yeah. that if that race was attracting big names, why they didn't put that in place. <laughs> well, who would expect a world record? Oh, who would expect a British athlete to run a 5K world record? That's insane. I know. That's awful. Um, what the something I found weird about it is being reported as the second fastest 5K because actually Jocelyn Jepkoski ran 14.32 during a 10K in 2017. But actually, official 5K world records weren't a thing until, I think, 2018. They just weren't included. They were like world bests, mm. but not an official world record. But what I don't get was that was during a 10K. And it to me, it can't be a 5K record during a different race. No. Because technically... Usain Bolt's 100 meter world record is only technically the second fastest, as the second half of his 200 meters was quicker. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I think it's got. And be no one ever says no. that. So to say he, she got a 5k record during a 10k, to me, that's false. I don't think people say that anyway. Like even amateurs during that, if if I ran a 10k and I ran my 5k was a PB, I wouldn't say, oh, I've got a 5k PB there. But I know yeah. I saw this being uh, talked about quite a lot as the second fastest yeah, 5k. Was, yeah. And I was like, no, it's not. It's the fastest 5K because the race distance was a 5K, yeah. not a 10K. I know, I know, yeah, I know a lot of people that do run PBs during longer races, mm. but I don't think they ever include that I was gonna as say, their yeah, actual PB. I wouldn't say that's an official PB. I wouldn't say my official 5K t- PB happened during a 10K or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a way, there's no reason why it shouldn't if it's from the gun yeah. to the 5K marker. It, it doesn't feel right, no, does it? No, for me, like a PB is at a, that that specific distance, that race. That's my yeah. PB at that race because that's what I've been training for, that race. Yeah. So, And also, if you get a 5K PB in a 10K or a half marathon, you have not tried hard enough at a 5K. No, no. Or You need to go back and do a proper 5K. Or you fucked up your 10K or half marathon. <laughs> yeah. Majorly. <laughs> but the, if you can still run 5K after running a 5K PB, your 5K PB is soft. Yeah, definitely definitely yeah you need to go and do it properly mm-hmm. um speaking of other records uh, the women's half marathon record has been improved again which is i just find this really weird um it was ruth chepin getich who ran 10402 in istanbul now i don't really follow running news that closely if i'm honest because a lot of time it's about shoes and things and that's quite boring but this completely passed me by this is like a week and a half ago mm. and i had nothing about it mm. Like the women's half marathon record. The men's half marathon record went recently. I heard about that loads of places. Mm. But the women's one, didn't didn't hear about it. I just wonder, is this another women's record not making headlines? Or is it just me not paying attention? I would appreciate any feedback on that, please. Probably the former. But <laughs> Possibly quite a little of both. Yeah. But I just wonder anyone else's opinion on that. And finally, a little segment I like to call shit from runner's world i've just made that up. <laughs> wow that's a gr- great segment <laughs> it might have its own theme tune soon um it's not really new either no no uh so i've been looking on runner's world as i like to do every day i like to check every day for the latest running world news um now they've published this really important art- article that's called the five worst things to do before a run the worst things to do before a run don't do them the worst things. can you guess what they might be um, f- do they include committing genocide? They don't, but I mean... They don't include that. They've overlooked stuff there, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, or like finding a puppy and just drop kicking it. Yeah, is that, is that it's on not the on list? There. That's pretty it's not bad. On there. That is one of the worst... Oh, okay. What is on the list? So, so before a run, you can drop kick a puppy. Yeah, you can. That's five. That's five. Cool. What okay. you can't do is static stretching. 
It's not a good idea. Yeah. We know that. Eating too mm-hmm. much, probably mm-hmm. not a good idea. Might get stitch. Over or under hydrating, you got to get that sweet spot. Just be really careful. Yeah. Just be perfect. Be perfect. Not using the bathroom. Oh. The worst thing you can do is not use the bathroom. Yeah, that's the worst thing. What if you don't need to go? Well, no, but I said that if you've just dehydrated a, a day before, you don't need to. And then finally, not listening to your body. Not. I love the phrase listening to your body. <laughs> it's one of these videos I've had in my head for years. I've never got around to doing it because I can't quite bother to film it where someone goes out and they just think to themselves, listen to your body. And then out on a run, you just hear thump, 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 gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. <laughs> thump, 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 gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. And like, just fuck this. No, I'm listening to headphones. I think they, what they should have said, what they mean is don't overtrain, but that should have been yeah. the thing. Don't overtrain because there is specific symptoms of overtraining. Yeah. But just... Uh, yeah, but to be honest, I agree. Don't listen to your body because your body's gross. Yeah, and also your body's sometimes wrong. So yeah, they're, they're the five. I'm sure nobody knew these. So just no. don't do them. Jesus Christ, before you run or else it's be a complete disaster. Those are revolutionary. Thank you so much. They are. Always, always listen to your body when you're running. <laughs> listen to your body going, I need a poo. <laughs> yeah, always listen to that one. To be <laughs> so Stuart, what's next? Well, in a couple of days, I've got my first sports massage in more than two years. Wow. Just because I've been a bit lazy to go. Obviously, it's been difficult from last year. So I thought I finally need to get around to it because my legs feel like shit. I said before, I just feel tired a lot. I think my arm's probably fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go for a sports massage at last. And I'm going to really enjoy it. I hope they beat the shit out of me. Unfortunately, it won't be Sharon, our guest from a little while ago, who's the high jumper and sports masseuse, because she's had a baby or something. I don't really know. So she's probably not doing that. So it's someone else. So I hope they beat the shit out of me, because that's what I like. I've never been for a sports massage. Maybe this will be the year of oh, doing things should. for the first time. I've had a blood test. I might have a sports massage, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Go go find someone who will be really nasty and mm. just will beat the shit out of you. Yeah. It's great fun. You'll love it. Uh, and then you pay them. Could you imagine? Like, I've got normal iron levels, like you know actually within a, a human uh range of iron that's needed mm-hmm. and then i've also had a sports massage i'll be elite you know you will be elite. i'll be i'll be one of these people right i'll be one of these people that rocks up to like a, just an average 5k but because i've taken all this iron and i've had a sports massage i'll be getting the world record and it won't be ratified because be they won't have the the stuff they need in place they won't be ready for me oh yeah could you run a, a 5k world record at grangemore park run easy once i've got my iron yeah. I'll be sorted. And a sports this massage. Is the, oh, this amazing. is the only thing that's been holding me back. This is the, it's, it's literally the only thing. <laughs> it is, yeah. So I'm going to say, Amy, what's next for you? But we know what's next for Iron. you. Iron. Sports massage, steak and kidney pie, park run world record. Taking over the world. Just you wait. Just just watch my Strava. Watch those times. Oh. You know? I'm slow. Like, I'm running, like, I'm out there running, like, 11 minute, 10 minute miles. Just you watch my Strava. Watch out for those four minute miles, because they're coming. Hey. You run your training, run slow. That's what you're supposed to do. It's yeah, what the pros do. Never go too fast. And then I'll be there, Grangemore. Unleash the beast. I'll be 13 minute, tap 5K, I'm calling it now. 13 minutes. Easy, it's mate. It's never been seen, but it will be. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit. What a way to finish. <laughs> oh, God, what a thrill. It's like oh, a God, I'm so pumped. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, and social medias. Unleash Amy Iron Genders. Unleash the beast.
Thump, 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 gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. <laughs> thump, 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 gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. I need a poo.